Welcome to the Brave Her podcast. I am thrilled to introduce you to my guest on the show today, Dr. Alexis Hugo-Meyer, who goes by Dr. Lex. And I'm really excited to chat with her. We're going to be talking about getting unstuck and making big life changes, which if you're around the Brave Her podcast and you follow me on social media, you know that I am all about making big aligned life changes and really listening into what's most important to you and what feels the best for your life and taking brave action towards it. So I'm super excited to talk to Dr. Lex today. She's going to share her own story, but her bio, which I'll introduce you to her is Dr. Lex is a coffee addicted, wanderlusting wife, mama of three, who is board certified in family medicine and osteopathic medicine. In her practice, she offers patients the education, support, and accountability needed to improve their quality of life and longevity, prevent chronic illnesses, and live life more fully, which I absolutely love. Lex, thank you so much for being here on the Brave Her podcast. Oh my gosh, it's such an honor. I absolutely adored the conversation that we had when you were a guest on my podcast. And so I'm really, really excited to be here today to talk with you about um, my experience and um, in getting unstuck. I love that. And yes, Dr. Lex hosts the Family Health Podcast, correct? I did not get that wrong. Is that correct? Yes. That's correct. Family Health with Dr. Lex. Yeah. Family Health with Dr. Lex, really, really amazing show. She talks about such important topics related to all sorts of things around health of your family, mental health, physical health, hosts, tons of great experts, including yours truly. So of course you can go check that podcast out and we'll let you know at the end of the episode where you can find all of that. So let's dive in. I mean, I read a little bit of your bio, but why don't we start if it's okay with you and you can tell us about how you got to kind of where you are. And I know there's a big piece of your story. We're going to talk about kind of getting unstuck and making life transitions, but maybe we can just get a bit of a summary and then we can dive in deeper. Sure. Yeah. So I was living in a very expensive, very fast paced um, part of the country. My husband and I were very deeply entrenched in our community, in our professions. We had many years in under our belt in the community. We were invested. We had homes and um, our kids were in school. We had friends and family nearby. And we one day, you know, kind of looked at each other and both with a kind of guilty and kind of ashamed look on our faces, had this very honest, hard to heart conversation about wanting more. You know, we had we had plenty. We have a, you know, a a healthy family. We have two incomes. We were by all accounts on the surface, checked all the boxes. You know, we had kind of achieved what we wanted for our careers. And, and so to even admit that we felt that there was something more in store for us felt a little embarrassing. And like, you know, people would judge us for feeling like we wanted more out of our lives. And so what resulted from that heart to heart conversation was a very honest and vulnerable and frightening conversation about what we wanted, what our absolute necessities were, what our, we would love to haves are, and, um, kind of like what our dream life would look like if we had to make some changes. And we 
we did, we broke it down. We made some really hard decisions and we started to work together towards a life that looked more like what we wanted. One where we had more free time with our children, where we had money in the bank, which despite two professional incomes, we never had because of where we lived. Um, we wanted to travel more. We wanted to spend more time with each other and we wanted to invest in certain things. We wanted to create some long-term investments that we just weren't able to, to do um, given our circumstances. So we went through the process. We had a lot of tears and a lot of uh, fear and anxiety along the way. But at the end of the day, our only regret is not having had that heart to heart sooner and not having had the courage to kind of address this gap in our existence and our aspirations earlier in our relationship and earlier in our lives. Um, because having made this massive move, we, um, we, we have more of the life that we envisioned for ourselves. We are much closer to it now, having made some of those hard decisions. Mm, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I think there's so much one that I can relate to in your story, but most likely what our listeners can relate to as well. And there's often this um, narrative of, you know, I was in this quote unquote perfect life or what we're trying to create is something that we were sold, right? As you know, in our upbringing or in our society about like, this is the goal of life right? To get to this like place where you both have full-time jobs and you have kids in school and they all do all the extracurriculars and you have a beautiful home. And, and it's interesting because I had a similar realization that you did, um, you know, around like, is this really what we want? And on the outside, like you said, everything looks really, really good. And we have such, we're so grateful for everything we have and the courage it takes to really recognize and step back and be like, whoa, is this what we want? Because, or were we just following this script all this time? And I know for certain that was our experience, my husband and I. And I remember waking up one day being like, wow, like we bought our dream house. And then I realized, but like living in this house is not my dream. And it was a big, brave move. And that sounds like kind of what you went through too. And it is super scary. So I'm so glad you're sharing this because, you know, often I'm sure you encounter women in your practice too, women who feel like, well, I can't back out now for whatever reasons, right? Whatever we've created, I have, like you said, kids in school or I have career, I'm invested in my community. I have a business. I have all these different things in this location or in this particular life I've created and I can't get out now. And I think that that's just a frame of mind. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, um, I think so much, so ingrained in us from a young age, you know, what to kind of, um, what, understand what our priorities are, but from a perspective of what everyone else thinks our priorities should be, mm -hmm. you know? And so when, when, when you're told what the definition of success is, and you don't really have the chance to decide what your own definition of success is, or what it looks like to actualize your potential or fulfill your, your own dreams and your own desires, then, um, then you end up in this rut where you're, essentially living for someone else's definition of success and you're living for someone else's approval, you know, essentially going through the motions to make other people happy, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it, it's so, um, it's so significantly disregards what, what it is that you want for yourself, which is mm -hmm. in my, in my opinion, you know, the ultimate, um, 
the ultimate step towards determining whether or not you're going to consider your life successful or whether or not you're going to be Mm. happy or whether or not you're going to thrive is whether or Mm -hmm. not you know what your definition of success is and whether or not you are living for to meet or exceed your own expectations and not that of someone else. So it's really, Mm -hmm. really tricky, especially if you come from, you know, a close knit family um, who is regionally geographically located in one place or, you know, um, a family who has high expectations or high demands on you or, or a career, you know, where you're deeply entrenched and you want to succeed. You want to make everyone happy or feel like you're doing a good job. And it's easy to say, yes, I'll take on that role or yes, I'll become more involved or yes, I will, you know, um, ascend the ranks of leadership in order to fulfill these goals that are not my own. You know, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to let people down. It's hard to Mm -hmm. assert what it is that you want. It's hard to know what you want when you're in that situation, because we aren't oftentimes afforded the time or space to really evaluate what it is that we want. I think that's kind of the crux of getting unstuck. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what the story is. It doesn't matter where you're coming from or what your, your unrest is, what you're unhappy about, or what you want more of what matters is that you take the time or make the time to evaluate what it is that you actually want, because it is only your life. It's not your husband's Mm -hmm. life or your wife's life or your children's or your parents' life. It's only yours. And if you don't even know what those wants are, or those goals are, then how can you even go after them? How can you even begin to make a plan to achieve them? Totally. And I agree and resonate with so much of what you've said. Um, And I think part of it comes down to that as women specifically, we've been really taught to shut off what we want and stop looking at what we actually desire or love or find joy in. And we've been taught to think with our heads more than our hearts or more than like, you know, what's most important to me on a personal level, I need to do what's most responsible and what's good for everyone else and what everyone would think highly of me to do. And I think that's a trap that a lot of, I mean, I know physicians for sure, but others listening in other professions or not professions, like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. I think that there's always some version of this is how you're supposed to do it. And we don't even pause, like you said, to think, is that actually what I want for myself until we're often quite far in. And then I think there's this whole conversation that needs to be had about recognizing that we can only learn about ourselves, you know, what's important to us at the time that it's meant to happen. Because I hear from a lot of women that they're like, oh, I wish I would have known a long time ago before I started school that this wasn't for me. They're like, well, but that's not how the journey goes, right? Sometimes we actually have to go through the experience of having what we think we wanted so that we can learn we don't want it. Right. And so kind of letting yourself off the hook and being like, oh, I'm just figuring this out now that this isn't what I wanted, this big, beautiful house. And I can't fault myself for thinking it was right. I have to now take what I've learned and be more honest and true to myself. And it really comes down to having that bravery. So I'm curious, what were some signs for you? I mean, for women who are listening, they might be like, well, how do I know if I'm stuck? Like, what should I be looking for in my own life? to know, or to maybe suspect I'm not living, you know, my truest life, my most aligned life. Like what am I, what signs should I look for that tells me maybe I should be making some changes in my life? Well, to reflect back on what you were saying earlier, you know, we kind of go through 
a lot of us go through this point A to point B course in life. You know, you decide whether you're going to go to college and pursue a certain career. And from there, it's point A to point B. You enter into a marriage or a relationship. You decide to start having children. You know, it's kind of like a logical sequence of ideas and um, a stepwise process that is pretty standard. It's a standard script. Most people follow it. But um, somewhere along the way, our own identity, you know, gets converted to the identity of our career or the identity of being a spouse or the identity of being a mother. And in that it is so easy to lose our, you know, self-respect and self-love and identity really like who we truly are can get lost in all of the different roles that we assign for ourselves. And so it's easy for, for women, especially at a young age to quickly um, become less of who they are in preference for becoming something to someone else. And it's not, you're not, it's not wrong to do that. You know, it's one of my greatest life joys and many others I'm sure as well to have become a wife and a mother and a physician. These are, you know, these are, have always been goals in my life. And so for me to make that or have made that part of my identity was a huge, um, for me, that was a huge achievement, but along the way, I lost a lot of who I was before or who I was, who I was going to become as a woman, as a, you know, Alexis myself got lost in the process or didn't, wasn't really given the full opportunity to develop. And so to answer your question, some of the signs that that can be happening is, you know, first of all, are you doing what you love? Are you feeling like you are living for everyone else? Or are you still, you know, pursuing the things that you are passionate about? Now, when you become a wife or or a spouse or a mother or, you know, a physician, certainly other things take up your time, but that doesn't mean that you stop loving photography or that you stop wanting to travel or that you stop, you know, exercising and taking care of yourself. If those were parts of who you were before. So while other things can take up some of your time, when we allow all of our time and energy to be devoted to other people and other tasks and objectives and goals, then we really start to lose who who it is that we are. And so if you start to feel like that, like who are, who am I living for? Where is the person? Where are the things that I used to enjoy? If you find that some of those things are missing or that you don't even have anything that you enjoy anymore because you're doing so much for so many other people, including your boss or your career or, you know, your kids and their sports or your, it's not, it's not wrong to want to make people happy and to want to be a valuable contributor to your family and your career, but it is, um, you are neglecting yourself if those take all of your time and you're not afforded the time and opportunity to really, truly take care of yourself. You know, we use the word self-care a lot and people say, oh yeah, you know, take a bath or go get a massage or, you know, do some yoga for self-care. And those are all great. Those are all wonderful things. But to me, you know, true self-care is knowing who you are, knowing what you want, what you love and making and creating the time and space in your life to go after it. So the first time that I was feeling stuck was that I was, you know, going through the motions and really kind of felt like I lost who I was in this process of becoming a wife, a mother and a, and a, and a physician. And, you know, that is not at all to discredit 
my commitment to or my love for my family. They certainly are part of who I am. But in truth, um, and it sounds selfish to say, they are not all that I am. My career is not all that I am. My family is not all that I am. So I think that's probably the first first question to ask is who are you living for? Are, are, you, are you missing some of the things that made you who you are? And you know, you can then start the process of evaluating what it is that you want and how you're going to go about getting it. Absolutely. And letting go of the shame if you're like, I don't actually even know. Because I know a lot of women who I'll be like, well, what do you enjoy? They're like, I don't know. Isn't that terrible? Yep. I'm like, no, it just means that that's why we're here in this place right now is that we just need to move forward and start to find it right like there's no sense in beating yourself up about having lost yourself in motherhood or lost yourself in your career or being a spouse it's like let's not you know add insult to injury or rub salt in the wood let's just now move forward to be like how fun is it that we get to explore and see what we really do love and what really does light us up right and I think if you talk if you talk to mindset shift I think if you talk to any, any woman out there, some, most of us have gone through some version of this, you know, and you said earlier, um, looking back, you know, now we say, oh, I wish we had done this sooner and we joke about it, but truly, like you said, all of the things that had, that happened in sequence wouldn't we would not have landed here if it were not for that experience, mm-hmm. you know? And so mm-hmm. really, truly going through some, some of this, while you don't have to go through it alone and you, you can find people who can kind of uh, relate to what you're going through, you're right. There is so much shame in feeling like, why didn't I recognize this sooner? Or, you know, um, is it, is it selfish of me to even think like this? And should I just continue on? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're like thinking like, should I just keep going and like waiting for something better or something more to come along, that's a huge sign that you're stuck. You know, if you're like living for, um, you know, when your kid goes to high school or when, you know, Mm -hmm. you can take that big vacation or when you reach retirement or, you know, when your husband gets a promotion and if you're living for those points in the future, then you're, 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 you're wasting time. You're wasting Mm -hmm. time waiting for some, for a point in time where, you're not really participating in whether or not you are happy right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, much. so you alluded to it a little bit, but maybe let's dive in a little bit to like, what was the big change, right? What were the changes? Um, so I think there was a, um, a big physical move, but then you also reorganized your life a bit. So maybe just to give the context yeah. and listeners of my podcast, if they've been listening, they're probably familiar with all the changes I do in my life. <laughs> and so I would love to kind of shed light on what it, what does it look like, right? For you, what did it look like this big change? And, um, and then maybe we can explore that process of changing and what kind of comes up when we do that. Yeah. So when we made our list, we physically made a list. We wrote down all the things that uh, we wanted to be different. And bottom line was that the easiest way to achieve our goals was to move to a lower cost of living area. And we moved about 600 miles away from the east end of Long Island, which is a very, you know, densely populated, very um, expensive place to live where the income 
for me was much lower than it was, than it is elsewhere in the country. But for my husband, it was much higher than it is elsewhere in the country. And so we, <laughs> despite having family nearby and the, the careers and the whole, you know, my husband was 15 years into his career as a school administrator, he with a pension and the whole thing, believe it or not, the easiest thing for us to do was to move the easiest way to to get to that life that we saw on paper where we had the time and money in the bank was a physical move, 600 miles. And we moved to um, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. This was after five good years of, you know, con conversation, research. Um, you know, we, we kind of looked everywhere. We looked at all different places where the cost of living would be better and the income potential would be greater for us. And, um, we came down to Chapel Hill because my brother had moved here a couple of years earlier. He loved the area. He also left Manhattan. He and his wife were executives in Manhattan in television and music. And, um, you know, they made the move. So we had them kind of to look toward, to see, you know, what this looks like, but it was, it was very, very scary. And to think that that was the solution that we came to, you know, I didn't see it as, um, something that was brave or required courage to do. I saw it as like, we have to do this. This is, this is, this has to happen. Yes. It was frightening. And yes, we had to have the courage to like actually pursue it. But when it came down to it and we saw it very clearly, it was a no brainer. And, um, the other massive transition that was part of the decision was that my husband completely shifted his career. You know, he went from a career in education where he was in a school administrator to starting a real estate business, which when we look, you know, he had invested in real wow. estate as um, kind of as a hobby when we were there in New York, but it became much more a reality for him. And he was able to say, you know, th this is something he was burned out too. And he said, this is something that I really love and passionate about. And I think I'm really good at, and can, you know, this is a great place to start a real estate business. And so we made both of those transitions at the same time. And, and there were some huge, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There were some growing pains, but certainly, um, certainly well worth the, the, the time it took to adjust, uh, which wasn't, long. I think <laughs> you just segued nicely. Cause the thing that I picked up obviously in this big, brave move and changes that you guys made was, was a piece where you said it took five years of deciding, right. It took five years of researching and learning and figuring it out. And I think that that's a piece that a lot of people maybe don't know or don't recognize about these life changes is that it feels like people up and change their life overnight, but yeah. often that's not the case. So our plans to like sell our house and move into an RV and go, you know, be more nomadic that literally happened over like a good 18 to 24 months because we had to renovate an RV and then we sold that one and we just did a <laughs> variety of other things until we figured out our plan. And, yeah. you know, we couldn't get renters. We couldn't sell our house. Then we did, then we couldn't, like, you know, it's back and forth. So, so just understanding that often when you're watching from the outside, people who do kind of brave changes in their life, like there's much more going on behind the scenes and you realize. So if you don't wake up tomorrow Definitely. and say, Oh my God, I want to sell my house and move into a van and drive across the country. And let's do it today. Like you're not abnormal, right? These things <laughs> take time and, 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 you know, it takes, you're not, these aren't light decisions often that we're making. And of course it doesn't have to be a huge life move. It doesn't have right. to move 600 miles. It doesn't have to be selling all your things yeah. to be a brave move. It could literally just be giving up that job that has been draining your energy for 10 years and you hate it. 
Exactly. It could be pulling your kids out of school to educate them at home. It could be learning, you know, taking more time off to travel. It could be learning how to invest, like whatever it is, it has to be something that's important to you. And it just has to be a priority. And those things take time. Yeah. You, you, um, I was going to say the converse of, you know, our stories are really kind of at the far end of the spectrum of getting unstuck. You know, these are massive changes that took years to develop and plan and execute. But, you know, something like you said, if you, if you do wake up tomorrow and you say, I'm not going to exist in this job that I hate anymore, that could, that could actually be something that is very, that once you come to it can be a very quick and easy um, thing. Although it is a massive, you can also start with really small things. You can also start with, you know, like for example, just asserting what you want or need at work, you know, mm-hmm. um, mo- you know, most roles or raises or positions in work are, are negotiated. So even if you just make the decision to say, I'm going to, uh, you know, I've identified that this is not where I want to go, or this is, you know, that I want something more out of my career or something different out of my career and just taking some time to reflect and asking for it you know, that's a, that could be the key to uh, uh, opening the door to a huge transition that, that doesn't take much time or planning at all. You know, you just have to have the self-love and self-respect and, um, you know, really, I, uh, acknowledge what you want in order to be able to, to, to move on something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, I don't know if it would be a quote or a story, but um, and I was just trying to look it up cause I couldn't find where it was, but I I've heard at one point that, you know, like you can, when they, when pilots are steering a plane, they can change the degrees that the nose of the plane is pointing by like one or two degrees. And the plane can end up in like a magically further place than it would have been. <laughs> right. And I think that just speaks to like what you were just saying is that sometimes we just have to do small changes, right? We may, we just pivot the plane, the nose of the plane a little bit left. And now all of a sudden you're going into a completely different country. And that's really important to recognize is that these small changes compound. So if you don't, you know, if you're not ready to like overhaul your whole life, like we're discussing, that's okay. That doesn't have to happen in everyone's life. And if you want to make changes, you can still do it in a small way. Absolutely. Really, really valuable and super insightful. Um, And so what's different, I suppose, like, obviously, we know the location is different. We know the type of work your husband's doing. But like, how do you on an inside level? How do you feel different? Because I think this is what we don't hear sometimes, like, obviously, we're oh, it's so great. But like, what is really different on a day to day basis for you is like, what did it feeling stuck feel like? And then what does it feel like now? And how does that really, you know, if you can describe it as as detailed as possible, because I think sometimes we don't understand what we're moving towards (laughs) when we do this kind of big change. Yeah. And I will preface it with saying that, you know, this wasn't, this didn't come without challenges that the end result is not perfect. You know, that it is always a work in progress, but on the whole, our quality of life, it looks much more like that list that we made at our kitchen table than it did, you know, five years prior to us moving. We've been here now for five years and um, our life is, (laughs) it's completely different. You know, feeling stuck in New York looked like us dropping our babies off to family members or, you know, preschools that we really weren't ready to send them to, to work all day, uh, you know, to 
um, have second jobs and side jobs and have very little time together with our kids, very little time to travel. Um, we were essentially working to pay the high cost of living. So despite having good incomes, we still never had any money in the bank. We still didn't have much towards our retirement. We certainly didn't have the money to, um, you know, travel or make other investments. And so we really felt like we were on the, the, you know, the hamster wheel, the proverbial hamster wheel of just kind of going through the motions. In addition, you know, while we loved initially we loved where we live, we kind of were there by necessity. You know, our families were there. Um, my training was there. We got good jobs there. And so we kind of felt like we never really considered going anywhere else. So we followed the steps from that point A to point B. And it was like this natural progression that before we knew it, we took a step back and looked and it was like, this isn't really what we wanted. And to be honest, we never really talked about what we wanted. It was kind of just like unspoken. We just followed this natural course and, you know, this is where we, this is where we ended up. And so in the process of getting unstuck, we had to, you know, evaluate our priorities. My husband and I both grew up on the ocean, physically on the ocean, you know? And, um, so for us, this move came with the sacrifice of moving to central North Carolina, where <laughs> it's almost, you know, two and a half hours to, to the nearest ocean, you know, but when we look at that, the, 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 um, kind of silver lining is that we're also two hours to the mountains where we never were before. We also had money in the bank after we moved to buy a beach house, you know, and to travel more. So kind of, determining what we were willing to do, what we were willing to compromise on to get us to that picture that we, we, we drew on the table of what our life, what we wanted our life to look like involved some compromise and some sacrifices. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, on a day-to-day basis now we both set our own schedules. Um, we both work from home. We are there for every one of our kids' games and recitals. And, you know, we drive them to and from practice. We don't have any help here. You know, my, my family lives nearby and they do help us and are very supportive in terms of being there for our kids and being there for us in a pinch, but that was never really what we wanted. We didn't ever want to, you know, rely on other people to, to, to parent or, um, you know, kind of raise our kids full time. We wanted to do that. And so now we are able to participate much more in their lives, which is, which is, you know, all I've ever really wanted. <laughs> it's kind of like my primary goal. My entire life was to be a mom. Um, yeah. We travel more. We, um, we are able to spend more money on the types of foods that we want to buy. We, you know, are able to buy local from farms that are nearby organic produce and meats and things that were really important to us. Um, we live in a university town where our kids, you know, go to Carolina sporting events regularly and are part of a community that is extremely progressive, um, welcoming, open-minded, loving, considerate, and kind. And that was really important to us. And so it looks very different. I mean, I think that our stress level (laughs) on a physical level, our blood pressure is better. Our health, physical health is better than it ever has been. Um, our happiness, our, um, relationship, the love that we share and the joy that we share together is increased exponentially. And I mean, it's not, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like too good to be true. And sometimes I really think that it is. 
Um, but when we look back, we constantly reflect on making those, the simple decision <laughs> to really evaluate our life and then making the hard decisions to meet our own needs and, and, and try to achieve mm -hmm. our own goals and not necessarily um, the expectations um, that, of others or the obligations that we had to other um, people in, you know, careers. I love that. And I'm so glad you mentioned, um, you know, that it sounds like too good to be true. And I think that the truth of any kind of situation, whether you're choosing to make a change in your life or not, I always say to everyone I talk to, I'm like, you know what, it's, there's no choices with no challenges. There's no choices right. with no problems. Right. And I always just say, if we're lucky to make the change, then we get to choose the problems we want to have. And right. Exactly. But there's, it, we sometimes get in this grass is greener idea. And like, even listening to your story, people see me and I lived in Mexico for six months and it's like, yeah, you see the outside where yes, it was, it was an amazing change. And yes, we're so thrilled. And on the back end, it, there are still challenges. There are still problems, right? We just get to pick which ones we have, right? And, and I'm very grateful to be in that situation. And I love the vulnerability that you shared about, you know, that you, you and your husband were in really high paying careers, right? And the fact that like no money in the bank, no retirement savings, like for anybody who's listening, who's being like, yeah, these doctors, they can move all over the place and do what they want to do. Well, like, let's be honest, I am in a very similar situation and have been for a long time, right? It doesn't have to be a money based, um, reality for you to be able to move. You don't have a lot of money yeah. to necessarily do any of this. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and it's also your story shares that, you know, like, it doesn't matter where you're living cost of, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in this beautiful high cost of living location where it seems like everyone's rolling in cash, you know, if you're not happy there, exactly. <laughs> like, it's not the promised land. It's okay. To, you know, like get out of that if it doesn't feel like you and it doesn't have to take, you know, a lot of money to do that. So yeah. Just I mean, as you, always, I really love the vulnerability, but you bring up a great point too. You know, the, what you didn't hear was that, um, we were so conflicted about leaving our kids, um, you know, about sending them to school, uh, when we weren't ready to send them to school or daycare. And, um, in that transition, we saw an opportunity. My husband stayed home while he built his business. He stayed home with our youngest, um, and essentially, started to slowly build his business while he ran the house and didn't have a steady income. You know, he went from this New York educator salary to essentially nothing. And that lasted for a good two years, um, which meant that I had to work harder before I could kind of, before we could come to a balance. But the payoff was that he was with our baby, which was our goal. You know, he was the one dropping my kids off to school um, because the buses are kind of inconsistent around here. You know, we, we um, saw the trade-off in that. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it wasn't easy financially. And anytime you talk about discrepancies in finances leading to opportunity, um, yes, that is certainly something to consider. But regardless of your financial situation, you have to start where you are. You know, um, I could look at people who make three times what I make and compare myself to them. Um, their move or their change or their transition is going to look very different than mine. If you start where you are and evaluate your life, you'll probably see that regardless of how much money you make, there is room for you to make changes um, and, and improve the quality of your life um, exponentially. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. That's awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, and I would echo the same is that it's like, there's, there's so much you don't see behind the scenes and there are a lot of growing pains and there's a lot of doubt. And I think that's actually what I want to maybe chat about just as we finish here is like, sometimes I think that when I speak to women, they think like, oh, you must never have a doubt about the decisions you've made. But I'm like, girl, like I <laughs> doubt myself at least daily about whether this was a good choice, right? Whether, and, and I think that that's a misconception about, you know, decision-making is that, you know, once we make the decision, so sure, sometimes, and for some people, there's no doubt and they're really sure. And the decision feels like a full body yes. And it's like, yeah, we're doing this and you don't have doubt. I would say that's the exception rather than the rule, to be honest with you. I think that as you make these big decisions, it's triggering to the nervous system, obviously, because you're moving out of what's safe and it's designed to keep you there. So doubting thoughts crop up, right? Like all the time. Like I can tell you when we first got to Mexico, we were in this beautiful house that we rented with a pool a hundred feet away and it was beautifully warm. And my husband and I sat down and I started crying. I said, what have we done? <laughs> Just, right. And, and it was, it was this terrible doubt of like, Oh my God, we've made a mistake. Yeah. And of course you don't see that on the side, you know, right. on, on the outside and you know, you didn't, you don't see that your husband was working from home and like had, you know, no income and you had to slave. And then you're sitting there working late or working extra and being like, did we make the right choice? Yeah. Like, those are normal doubts. That's completely yeah. normal. And I always talk about, it's not eliminating doubt to make a decision. It's learning how to walk with it. Absolutely. And what does it mean? Right. Can we be in doubt? And can we also feel sure as sure as we can and keep moving forward? Right. It's like, and then what, right. right. So you feel doubt. Are you going to chase every single doubt and change your mind every time you have a doubt, or are you going to really listen into your inner peace and your inside of you that says, no, this is the right decision. Right. And I do truly believe to my core that every woman has that. We've just tuned it out a lot. So the more you practice listening into that inside of you, it'll get louder. Right. She'll talk to you more. And then you can know, like, is this a doubt just from my brain trying to keep me safe? Or is this actually not the right decision? And most of the time if those decisions, those changes you're making are from that deep heart, soul alignment place. They're right. Yeah. Right. They're right. And you have to trust yourself. I mean, if you, you, you put it so beautifully, um, like the voice inside of you, who your, who your, your true self is, you know, if you have the courage to do that self-assessment and that self-reflection and define what success means to you, even if it's not the popular opinion of success, um, you know, like an example is I don't care if my kids go to college or not, you know, if they're going to be happy being a park ranger or an electrician or a, a travel blogger, you know, I will support them fully. My husband is an educator. You know, he thinks they need to go to college. The, 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 the definition of success for each of, for, for me, my opinion of what would be, would be, would make my children successful is not what they consider them, you know, for themselves, you know, what their definition of success is for themselves. And so it's unfair for them to live a life that's in line with my definition of success. I can only live my life, define what I think will make me successful, live my life in alignment with those goals. And then any, any doubt that you have, as long as you can say, I'm living in alignment with my definition of success for myself and my family, then your, your doubt will take a curve and it'll put you right back on the path. You know, if you know who you Mm -hmm. are and you know what your goals are and you know what your definition of success is, even if it's not the popular opinion, 
You know, um, after my mom passed, we homeschooled our girl, our kids for a couple of years because it felt right. And it was very much the unpopular opinion at the time, <laughs> you know? And so, but in my heart, I knew that this was what I needed to live true to this, um, you know, this endeavor. And I needed to, to, to execute this to the best of my ability. And the, the, the noise all goes away when you live in alignment with your definition of success for yourself. Um, and you Isn't can't that translate that to anyone else. You can't translate <laughs> that to truth. your husband or your kids yeah. or your parents. You know, you can only know who you are and, and have develop a relationship with that inner voice. And, um, mm-hmm. and if, and if you can do that, it's such a gift to yourself, you know, instead of just taking in what others think you should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really freeing. It's a really freeing exercise, Absolutely. you know, to just sit and there. It's and it's a gift of, to yourself. Absolutely. I agree. It's a gift to yourself and it's a gift to your generations to come, right? It's a gift to your offspring. I always call my 100%. Offspring. laugh. You know, I'm, I'm always like, you know, mom prioritizes what's important to her so that you'll prioritize what's important to you eventually. Absolutely. And I think that we've often been told as mothers that it goes the other way that we prioritize right. them all the time so that they'll prioritize them, but that's not what it actually teaches them. So, (laughs) so we've talked a lot about bravery and I think it's going to go without saying, but as always, I always ask my guests at the end of an interview, what does being brave mean to you and what has being brave done for you? And so I'd love to hear the answers to those questions. Um, So I think that being brave is making the space to discover who you are to, to, to find somewhere within yourself, the self-love and self-respect to evaluate who you are, what you want and make a plan to go get it. Even if it's a small change or if it's a massive 600 mile, you know, move across the country or in your case to another, another part of the world, even if it's not the popular opinion, or if it's not what others expect for you or from you, that to me is, is truly being brave, being true to who you are. And for me, being brave, being brave has brought me, it has expanded the love and the joy that I experience on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Preach, preach. Okay. (laughs) Where can, it's a good thing we're not on video because we're, (laughs) (laughs) I knew there'd be tears. Um, (laughs) Where can our listeners connect with you? Lex is absolutely amazing. She shares excellent content. Her podcast is fantastic. You should certainly connect with her. So where are you most active and where can we find you? Absolutely. The best place to learn more about me and my practice is my website, drlexlifestylemedicine.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as at drlexlifestylemed, where I post a lot of content, mostly about um, lifestyle medicine, um, not only your diet, your nutrition, your wellness, self-care, um, but also, um, self-love and self-actualization, um, finding the, the, the courage and the, um, the spirit and the energy and the time to do all the things that we talked about tonight. Love it. Love it. A woman after my own heart. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest on the Braver podcast. It has been a pleasure. This is a wonderful conversation and I'm sure it's going to be so supportive. There's actually a couple people in my mind right now who I think are going to specifically relate to the big move decision. Um, and, uh, and I so thank you for your vulnerability and your insights tonight. You are absolute joy to have on the podcast. Truly the honor is mine. Thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for (laughs) listening to the brave her podcast. We will catch you next time.